Awesome. Can we can we take 10 seconds and just give Jesus a shout of praise on a on a Sunday morning? Oh, bless bless God. You look outstanding. I just want to say a couple of things. Uh, firstly, thank you so much uh, for uh, as the membership jumping on board and who knows what's going to happen, but we're going to have a fun time trying to figure that out. But, but I'm believing God's going to do great things and I am, I'm just so grateful uh, for each and every one of you. Secondly, it's not typical that I'm going to try to come in late to preach and then leave. It's just we had a bit of a Sunday where I had to be two places at once and, and that's only due to the fact that next Sunday is our faith offering uh, and, and we're believing God for a significant breakthrough for the future of our church and a lot of the things that we want to do. Some of that offering is going to be invested into here, so so don't be too upset. Uh, <laughs> but but uh, but I'm I'm just so glad to see you this morning. I feel like God's going to do something. Luke, you are unbelievable, bro. You are like you're unbelievable. You're just man. I only, I only know one of your siblings, but if I was going to compare you to him, you are far better. You, comparatively, I'd say that he's fairly useless, to be honest. You, no, that's a joke. It's true. It's, no, I don't, we'll never know. No, I'm joking. How are you? Are you good? Just love Jesus. Mount Barker. I mean, this, is, this Adelaide Hills Road, there are, for, I do not know why, I had to do about eight kilometres at 60 kilometres an hour. It's like they're just too lazy to put the signs away for the weekend. Then there was no road work being done. The road was, they're lying. Road work ahead. No road work. Just road. A lot of road and no work. Ah, <laughs> oh, bless God. This service is so much better than the one I just came from. It's not even, not even funny. If you have a Bible, let's turn together in the Word. Uh, to the book of Matthew, chapter 4. Genesis, Exodus, Matthew. Ironically, a lot of Christians' Bibles do have a few pages missing, just judging by the way they live and what they believe these days. Matthew, chapter 4, and verse 18. It says this, I'm reading from the New King James this morning. It says, And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. He said to them, Follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. They immediately left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets, and he called them. And immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. I want to use for a subject this morning a thought that I just feel like the Lord has given to me for our church and both here in Modbury, here in Mount Barker. And I want to use for a subject this morning, casting and mending. Because here you see Jesus building his team of people that are going to help him impact the world, literally establish the church on earth and shape the world. And he, and he finds 
Simon and Andrew who are casting their nets. And then he finds, uh, and then he, and then he finds uh, the sons of Zebedee, James and John, and they are mending their nets. And it's interesting to me that Jesus knew that he needed to have a team of people that weren't just spending their time mending nets and having nice nets and having had a, conferences on how to have a good net, but they weren't also just spreading out and reaching out with a faulty net that couldn't catch what God did. And when we look at faith, he took with him Peter, James and John into the room when he raised Jairus' daughter from the dead. I don't know why Andrew didn't make it, but, but, but he took in those three because they were his circle of faith. Yet one part of that group were people who cast, were men who cast, the other were men who mended their nets. And the faith life, and, and I believe the key to building an effective, strong church is to do both of those things. Yeah. It's to have a church that has strong nets, but also a faith to cast. Yeah. Last year in our church, we cast our net. We did a lot of casting. And, and, and I'm talking in Modbury North, we bought land next door to our church that is an investment into our future in terms of the, the generations that are to come. At the moment, there's a gym that rent the building. It was a total supernatural miracle. And I don't have too much time to talk about other than uh, Paul Vinton, who's here this morning, uh, has been on our board for a long, long time. And it was almost like there was a microsecond opportunity for that land to be sold to us. And we agreed on it in a text message. I mean, we had all, all the processes ready to go if that ever happened. But it was like a I didn't believe it until it was actually ours. It was almost, it was just supernatural. But for us as a church, it was such a step of faith. And God spoke to me and said, this year is a year of mending nets because we can reach out and do things. We can reach out to Mount Barker. We can reach out to Adelaide. But if our net within the life of the church isn't strong, we can make big faith decisions, but never keep what God brings. But if we just spend all of our time having our net perfectly maintained, and we oh, the net's good. We've got the most perfect net. Can I tell you, the most perfect looking net would be the net that's never been cast. And, and I, I, I don't want us to ever, as people of faith, neglect either. Because Jesus saw it was fitting that both would come together, that we're mending our nets, yeah. but we're also casting our nets. Yeah. And I've seen leadership cast, 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 cast. And you've got churches trying to hold the net together and it can almost kill the church. But then I've seen churches, that, that everything's perfect, but they're not reaching. They're not having a go. That's what I love about this church. That's what I love about Pastor Gary and Pastor Jane. They are people who you walk around here, this place is, is well cared for, well taken care of. Naturally speaking, this is a healthy net, but I love that every Thursday, might be every second Thursday, however, I think it's every Thursday, every Friday, I'm just making things up as I go. And uh, <laughs> that this building becomes a net for the community and people know about it. And I thank God that there's a revelation in here that it's not one or the other, it's actually both. And, and that's what I believe God's calling us to is to say, uh, Lord, how can, how, can, how can we be cast, but also how can we be strong yeah. as a net? And I want to have a look at, at this word here, to, to, to mend. I want to speak into mending our nets this morning. And, and I really do believe God wants to speak to us. I've got a few points this morning, but that word mend, the, the original word talks about, you know, the, different things we can do to fix the, fix the net. And I'll open that up and mend the net. But 
The actual word mend in the original language, and I'm not going to try and say it, but the root word really is best translated to refresh your nets. So if we as a church are to be cast, there has to be seasons of refreshing. There has to be seasons where we're refreshed. I'm, I'm, I'm an old Pentecostal. I'm 41, and, uh, but I was raised, in my, my first words were Kuraba Shandarabaranda, and uh, I've been saying it ever since. I, I was, I, I, the family I was raised in, there was never, if I was sick on a school day, I never got love, affection, or any kind of care. I, I, Benny Hinn music would start playing. My parents would have a, enough oil to drown a kangaroo, and uh, in the name of Jesus, I mean, pick him up in the name. It would be so violent. I'd go to school, black eye, thick lip, blood nose, no flu symptoms, but. <laughs> but I believe in the refreshing touch of the Holy Ghost. And, and I believe God's saying from this, from this word, and I'll open it up, but this word really means to, to refresh. And then it goes into complete thoroughly to repair, to adjust, to fit, to frame, to mend, to perfect, to prepare and to restore. So I really want to just bring my thoughts out of the study of that one word, katarizo, which is the Greek word for mend or refresh. And I want to give you seven thoughts on what we should do with our nets here. And this is not uh, just here. This is what I believe is a word for the body of Christ. What we need to do in order for the next great catch that God wants us to bring. And I do believe, I, I don't know if there's any people in this church that believe in the end times, that believe that Jesus is coming back, but it's sooner than we think. And, and, and if it's sooner than we think, when that trumpet of God sounds and we're taken up to heaven, if it's sooner than we think, then we have to be ready for the greatest end time move of God. And I, I don't want us to have a revival that's lost. I, I don't want us to have a move of God that is brought into a church, but we don't have the nets to sustain what God is going to do. And so I want to have a look at, at the, the this word uh, mend. Number one, it talks about mending. And the first, I've started there, but I'll elaborate. The first is number one, we've got to refresh our nets. We've got to refresh our nets. And it speaks to the Holy Spirit. That's why in Adelaide, I don't know if many of you got to come to Holy Spirit Conference, but that's that's why we, we're we driving that thing. Next year, we're going to go we're gonna go deeper with it. And I believe we're going to do a, a form of Holy Spirit Conference. I'd love to do it up here and, and see God do something. And we've got to shake Adelaide for the glory of God. I don't know if you've read the paper. They're saying an earthquake's coming. It's going to be it's going to be wild. You don't want to be on Hindley Street, Norwood Parade, uh, Rundle Mall, and... Uh, there, the suburbs, because all the buildings are old. Uh, Mount Barker wasn't mentioned. Modbury wasn't mentioned. So we're all going to be okay. So if it gets shaky, don't go, don't go to the city. But but I, I think they're prophesying the wrong kind of earthquake. I, I feel like the one that's coming is going to shake people back into the kingdom of God. Come on, if you believe it, clap your hands just for the sake of a bit of noise. <laughs> ah, it says in Acts chapter three, verse nineteen, repent. Therefore, I love that word repent. We don't use it much. But I like to wave my finger when I say it. Repent, just for emphasis. <laughs> repent therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out. I love this, verse 19 of Acts chapter 3. So that times of refreshing. Somebody say times. So really emphasise the S, times. He says that times of refreshing may come from the presence of 
the Lord. Times. Plural. Not singular. That's a, that's a given in the church that we, we have to have times of refreshing. How many times? As many times as we can. I need, I need refreshing. I it's, it's getting harder and harder and harder to live in the age we're living in. It's a wild time to be a Christian. I need times of refreshing. How many? About 16 a day. What time is it? It's refreshing time. Oh, Jesus, I love your presence. I love, I love your anointing. Anytime. It, it calls, but that word refreshing actually means revival. Yeah. Times of revival would come in the presence of the Lord. So when I think, man, we've got to refresh our net. The first thing we need to get in our net, let's call Infused Church, this is a net. Life Point Church is a net. The first thing we need to do with our net, that root that undergirds it all, is a revival spirit. We gotta, we gotta have revival in the house. What does that look like? It looks like believers that are alive. It looks like believers that, that are living with a, an urgency of evangelism, a, a faith for the miraculous, a, a belief that God can do anything. He can do exceed. I know I'm preaching a bit loud this morning. Is that all right? I'm not a Baptist. I'm a Pentecostal. Do we have any Pentecostals in the house that believe in the Power of the Spirit. Some of you go, you yell too much. I'm sorry. <laughs> we need revival. We need a revival for survival. No, we need a revival. Boom. Hashtag revival. I don't know. But, but right here, right here, he says, the times of refreshing will come. That recovery of breath. David says in Psalm 23, I love it. He says, you anoint my head with oil and my cup runneth over. I'm believing for a runneth over cup, a revival spirit in our church. Some people pray for revival and go, oh God, send revival. Can I say, I, I want God to send revival. But do you know generally how it starts? It starts on the inside of us. And, and, and some people want a revival. I want a revival spirit because it's sustainable and and. What does revival look like? Souls, healing. Revival looks like people walking in here, getting born again. Lord, would you revive your works in the midst of our years, as Scripture says, and in the midst of thy years, make it known. Lord, revive us again. Will you not revive us again that we may rejoice in you? My friend is a pastor in America. He was telling this story that a young guy got saved in his church and and they were all having a bit of a laugh because the young guy said to another guy, could you follow me around with a torch or a flashlight? Could you follow me around with a torch? And they thought, this guy's being weird. But, the, but he said, look, I read the book of Acts and the Bible says even the shadows passing over people would heal them. And so this is a new Christian. And, and us who have been saved a long time go, oh, look at his zeal. Oh, that's cute. Oh, good, good on him, but give him a few years, he'll be like us. Won't believe in any of that. We'll believe it on paper. I love that the guy was literal enough to look at the word and say, I need, I know what I need. I need someone to follow me around with a torch. I, I, I don't ever want us to get over being saved. When, when did we move on from just believing what the Bible says, that if God said it, he can do it? That's what revival does. It stirs that. Oh, man. If you scream like that, I might run around this building. Glory to God. To refresh our nets, number two, to complete our nets. We can't have a net that's perfect on one side, but has gaping holes on the other side. There has to be an evenness, a, 
Maybe, maybe if I could just swap out the word, a bit of balance. You know, you, you, get, you, get, you can get into a church and, and some people, even Christians, we emphasise one point of doctrine. And that's all. Every time someone speaks, they'll emphasise that. Oh, well, we've we got to... It's end times, end times, end times, end times. Can I say... For, if you are an end times person, you're probably in fashion right now, so stay with it. But generally, you know what I mean? Or somebody is... is uh, Grace, 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 grace. The river, the river, the river, the river, the river, the river. Or, or so forth and so on. All of those, all of those messages, I think are profoundly important in terms of the completion of our net. But if we build our net on one emphasis, we'll be strong there, but we'll be weak in other places. I look at the giftings that are on my life as a pastor, like, like everyone else has giftings. Where I'm strong, I need to make sure that I'm not just keeping the net strong in those spaces, but we're yeah. keeping them strong. Who would have thought in some of the most important things that we have, need to have strength in right now as a church probably didn't matter 10 years ago. And so I'm believing God's going to anoint us to have a, a complete balanced net where there's no point having a great... Worship team, if one person's playing in a totally different key, there's no point having great ministry in here but a second-rate kids ministry. The same as there's no point having a great kids ministry but second-rate ministry in here. That being said, I know there's no second-rate anything here. I'm just making a point that if we have a great ministry in here but mum and dad are dropping off kids and kids aren't getting ministered to there, what what does that ultimately mean? I know plenty of mum and dads that will be miserable in a church if their kids are happy, if the youth ministry is strong. But why, but why, why have some happy, some strong? We, I, I believe it's our job to complete that net so there's balance, so there's strength, and so God can do something in the name of Jesus. Can you say amen on a cold winter? Complete our nets. Number three, to repair is one of the, Greek, is one of the words in this Greek word. To repair. We've got to fix what's broken. 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful to forgive and cleanse us. There's times where you've got to understand this building is not the net. It's a part of the net. We're ultimately the net. If our faith's broken, each of us play a little part. And there might be a break in a net in one spot. But after a while, that gets worse and worse. I believe God wants us, wants us as a church to... Repair. So that's we pull the net out of the water at times and we we fix it. We put oil in that net. Otherwise the salt water can make it brittle and it can break. It's got to have some flex. It's got to have some ability. You know, as a church, uh, we've got to be be flexible for the future. And sometimes when when, when I'm saying some of these things, people start to go, all right, what are you really trying to say? I'm not trying to say anything other than, wouldn't it be great if in not too distant future, instead of us meeting at 10 o'clock, maybe we could have a service at 9 and a service at 11 yeah. and believe God that this is going to grow. Or, but, yeah. but what does that mean for me? What does it mean for me? What does it mean for you? I, 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 I just, I just want to say, God, whatever you need to do with this net yeah. for us to shape this region. You know, it blows my mind. You drive past King's Baptist Grammar School's being built right there. There are going to be more Christian kids 
going to school that are going to drive past this church ever than ever in the history of this church. Do, do, do you realise just there, we can become a church that reaches more families. It, it, it is a game changer for our church. And, and, and God's put the church, God knew what was coming to those blocks when this building got built. God, this built, nothing's an accident here. And then I went for a drive. I came up here last Thursday to pray, just so you know, or whenever it was, whatever day it was that we caught up. I came up here to pray, so I spent some time. And, and then I realized they're building a full shopping center there as well. There's a subdivision, a shopping center. It's, it's just, it's, it's almost like they're just putting a cafe in for us. It's like, it's, it's like the, the council going, what is this church? It needs a school. They need a school. It's like, look at it. It's a favour of God. We're just expanding on the left and the right. And Oh, man. Sorry about that. I'm getting myself happy this morning. Do you realise God's done that? We've got to have a strong net for the season. I think the season's coming super quick. I believe God's going to do something. We've got to repair our nets. Here's one, number four. Adjust our nets. So these nets are all interwoven. So maybe there's a whole catch of fish, but there's a big one. And that puts pressure on the net, stretches it there, and he pulls it there. And really, I've sort of said it too early, so I messed my point up a little bit. But the reality is if we overemphasize one theology, then we're going to be out of balance. We, We can't have a net that's just stretched in one spot if we're so stretched financially. In one area, we, we can't do things in another. So that's why when we restore the net, we pull it out of the water and we just get, get all the measurements back right and bring it back into balance. And, and I believe that's Im- so important in the days that we're going to live in that we, ha- we have that sense of balance right across the life of our church. We adjust our nets because they can be moved out of shape, maybe as believers. And I know no one here, but in Modbury, there's many Christians that can just get put out. They can just be a little bit I'm put out. I'm out of, out of alignment. And I'm not even talking about with the vision of the church. I'm talking about just in our relationship with God. Yeah. What do we need to say, Lord, would you adjust a couple of things? Yeah. Maybe we've just opened a door on one hand that's actually costing us on another. Lord, would you just yeah. shape... If we just for a minute... Take the net from being the building to the net being you and me. What does God need to just adjust? I feel like sometimes we can go well for a while, even with a little bit of sin. Even with some of you go, if if I put a full stop there, that's going to be an interesting soundbite. We go well with a bit of sin, (laughs) comma, but sin has a payday. And after a while, I just feel like God says, "Hey, let me just readjust, get it, get it as it needs to be." I feel like the Spirit of God wants to work a work in this house. Something good's going to happen here. I just want want you to know that Donna and I, not for one minute, do we take for granted the opportunity that you are affording us. We we sit back in utter amazement to to the kindness of God and the the kindness of you. And we, we believe with all of our heart not that we're the answer. I, I, feel, I feel like it's a mutual. The Bible talks yeah. about where every joint supplies. I just feel like there's a coming together. Yeah. There's something on this house that we need. There's something on our house that this house might need. Yeah. And I just feel like together our net is going to be so much stronger. This, yeah. this community is going to be 50,000 by the year 2030. Yeah. 
That's just Mount Barker. You've got Nan, you've got Lobethal. Well, you do have Lobethal, but we only think really go there at Christmas. But but uh, I've got I've gone blank. What's across the Little Hampton? That's the one. You just you got Handorf, all the Achunga. Crafers, Sterling, Mount Lofty. What else have we got? Callington. There's an urban myth that Smith Wigglesworth prophesied that the Great End Time Revival will happen in Callington. I believe it's true, maybe, but he just got the coordinates a little wrong. Uh, he meant Mount Barker. That's he just poor Smith. He was, get, he was a little long in the tooth when that word came forth. We have to adjust our nets. Did I just say that? Praise God. No. We have to adjust our nets. Number five. We need to perfect our nets. That doesn't mean we need to be perfect. I think it was Billy Graham that says, if you ever find the perfect church, please don't join it because you'll ruin it. (laughs) I'm not going to join the perfect church because the minute I join, it's wrecked. The minute you join, because none of us are perfect, we'll never build the perfect church. God's not saying have perfect nets. He's just saying perfect. In other words, and I, I don't know what they are until I read them. In other words, uh, to perfect is to just make something free of faults. Yeah. So we've got to just keep looking at what we're doing and saying, God, if there's anything that's my fault, yeah. help me fix it. In our church, if we've got blind spots, God, would you help us work on them yeah. in order for us to fulfill what you have for us in the name yeah, of Jesus. Right. It's not just casting. I've seen leadership. It's so big on casting that they'll obliterate their net. And they'll just get a new net or they'll replace, swap out. Nowhere here is God saying get a new net. He's just saying be faithful with the one I've given you. If you just look after that, there's miraculous catches with all these same people all through Scripture. Some of us, God, would you... If I could just have this or that reason. No, no. He says, just let's look after the net we have. I'm believing God's going to use our net to see something phenomenal happen in this region for the the kingdom of God. Let's let's, let's go further for a minute. Let me stay there. To perfect our nets, according to the commentators, speaks of healing and restoration. Healing and relationship. Something about perfecting our nets. Those nets are so intertwined, they have to work together. We've got to love one another, work together. Number six, and he talks about preparing our nets. That's what the word refresh, part of that word means to prepare. So obviously, I love love that even in a season of mending, it's only a preparation season. Where then we're going to, Get that net that we've spent time looking, making perfect, getting pretty, getting balanced, getting sorted. We're going to prepare that net for our next catch. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes 10.10, if the axe is dull and one does not sharpen the edge, then he must use more strength. But wisdom brings success. There's a picture of a logger taking down a tree. It's incredible. It's incredible. And they've got to maintain that strength to wield that axe. But, but, but if, the, if the axe is razor sharp, the logger can use less strength to get the job done. But if the strongest man alive has a blunt axe, all he'll do is bludgeon that tree. 
It's, it's interesting to me. See, I, I grew up uh, Pentecostal. Nothing, nothing's changed, but it was like, we need power. We need the power of God. And I, I preach that. I proclaim that. That's my, the message of my heart and soul. But if we don't have a sharp edge as a church, we can have all the power in the world, but we're going to bludgeon things that just need to be brought down. And, but but if, we, if we have everything so sharp, but we don't have some strength to, to, to get that axe into the position and the aim and the consistency and the wisdom, the Bible talks about that, that wisdom, there, there is this beautiful balance of we need the anointing. We also need the strategy of God the wisdom of God and the direction of God for the next season. And I'm believing that God is marrying those two together. It it isn't, okay, we need 50% anointing, 50% sharp acts. No, you you just need both. I think it was Abraham Lincoln. He said, if you give give me, I'll I'll read the quote because I don't know what it is. Uh, he, He says, give me six hours to chop down a tree. I'll spend the first four sharpening the axe. I believe as a church, we need to believe God for, Lord, give us the wisdom. Yeah, I want the fire of God in our church. Yeah. But I've been to a lot of churches. that I, I, I preached at a, at a church. If I, if I said where it was, you'd, you'd all know. But I, I, and I don't, I, don't think it's a, I don't think it's a bad thing, even if I do mention it. I was preaching at Brownsville Assembly of God. Does anyone remember the Pensacola Revival? Yeah. Did anyone go to the Pensacola Revival? At the end of the Pensacola Revival, the beginning of it, the church was 1,400. Had money in the bank. And, and it, was a, it, was a great, it was a great church. It was a good, solid assembly of God church. By the end of the, of the Pensacola Revival, that same church was in $13 million debt. was down to 350 people with 95 staff, including a florist. And because uh, in America, they love their flowers on stage. And... Uh, but the church was down. So that's, they had a revival that shook the world but didn't reach the community. I'm not being critical because God did use it. It came at an incredible cost. But I want revival. But if revival looks like impacting everywhere else but not Adelaide or Mount Barker, I don't want to tell God what kind of revival to send but I'm believing for a revival that must impact here first. Because Jesus didn't say, you shall receive power to be a witness to me to the uttermost parts of the earth. He said, first Jerusalem, then Judea, then Samaria, and then to the ends of the earth. And I'm not throwing shade on the Brownsville revival. It shook the world for Jesus. And and you talk to the current pastor, he said, well, there was a cost to host that revival. And he said, I'm paying that price for what has happened. But And I I thank God for it. But it's just an interesting post-mortem to look at a move of God. Yeah. I, I, we, I believe that we, we've got to pray for revival, but I believe we've got to ask God for a sharp edge yeah, great. to great. see what God wants to do. Yeah. Yeah. You come in here, there, there, there is excellence in this church. There, 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 there's a sharp edge. There's an anointing. I, I feel like what I'm preaching isn't probably even a deviation from a, a well-held philosophy in the life of this church, I'm just asking God, would you give us greater strength, give us greater sharp, a sharper edge, and we're going to see God do something for the glory of God. Do you believe that this morning? And number seven, nearly done. 
He talks about to restore. Prepare our nets and then he says to restore our nets. To make the old new again. There's so many directions you could take that as a preacher. Because there is some old, I think, that we need to make new again. I'll give you some old that I think we need to make new again. That we believe the Bible is the final authority. And in a world that mocks, in a world that judges, in a world that says we're politically incorrect, or in a world that says that we're this, that, or the other, I'd love us to preach with fervour that we believe the Bible doesn't just contain the truth, but it is the truth. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, we don't believe it contains God's, God, God's thoughts and ideas, but it is God's letter to the body of Christ on how to live. There, 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 is, there is nothing irrelevant about this book. It works. It's worked for 2,000, in many parts, 4,000, 5,000 years. Here's, here's the thing I want to remind us. The Bible says the grass withers, the flower fades. But the word of God lasts forever. Voltaire said in France, when he plunged into atheism in his own home, he said, 100 years from now, there won't be a Bible anywhere in France. That ended up being a printing press for Bibles in, in France. And, and when, when, I, when I look at this, this thing endures, this thing will outlast all of us, should the Lord tarry. But, but some of the old things that maybe we need to teach the next generation is the Bible's right. Another old thing we need to make new again is that Jesus is coming back. And, 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 and I don't know, we don't know what day it's going to be that the rapture happens we really only have one clue it's going to be a cloudy day because the bible says he's going to meet us in the clouds that's plural there's going to be at least two clouds if there's not two you know it's not right the rapture's not happening the minute you see two if you if you hear an angel clearing their throat <coughs> getting just getting getting ready to go the bible says we'll hear the shout of the archangel the trumpet of god so so if you hear the shout and then there's, sorry there's a shout from heaven the voice of the archangel and the trumpet of god if you hear the shout that's, that's your cue to quickly repent because you've got about two seconds. If you hear a shout, then, okay, I'm putting that out. Sorry, Lord. Yes, yes. Anytime that trumpet of God's going to sound, you and I, we're going to, the same way he came down is the same way we're going up. He gave us a glimpse of how that's going to happen on top of the mountain. He was standing there, low, I'll be with you always. The rapture. He gets raptured. Enoch, the Bible says he walked with God. He was no longer. He was taken up. Right. Elijah, he just decided to ride a chariot. He didn't know that chariot was what well, it took off. Yeah. <laughs> Rapture of the church. We've got to preach the coming of the Lord. Yeah. Right now, the, world, the world's crazy. Yeah. But can I, can I tell you, all that's happening, people, people think God's catching up. He's not catching up. This is a total setup for the stage of the greatest revival that's ever happened on planet Earth. Jesus is coming back. Oh, I believe that with all of my heart. What about the baptism in the Holy Spirit? We've been preaching so many things about so many matters. If I can get our church ready to know that Jesus saves, Jesus heals, Jesus baptizes in the Holy Ghost, and Jesus is coming again, then I believe if we can take that message... To the four corners of the world. Yeah. That's the gospel. That's right. Firstly, Jesus saves. And if, if, if that's all we said, full stop right there, Jesus saves. That's the gospel. But if we recognise not only does he save, but he still heals. Yeah, right. He baptised in the spirit. That's just to prove it. And uh, <laughs> you needed evidence. I just gave you some evidence. And he's coming 
back again. I don't know what day it's going to be. But I can tell you, <laughs> Peter said on the day of Pentecost, in the last days, says, God, I'll pour out my spirit. If that was the last days, what are we living in right now? We're living in the last microseconds, milliseconds. Any, any moment, that sky is going to split open. I believe in the, in the coming of the Lord. I believe in the rapture of the church. So I feel like God's speaking to my heart. Even the theme for our conference next year. I never usually get a theme this early, but I feel like the theme is restore, restoration. We've got to restore the nets of the church to believe God again for supernatural things. In the name of Jesus. Come on, do you believe that this morning? 